Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Today we're going to talk about shifting from role to soul. Shifting from your role to your soul. And what we're going to talk about is the inner work of aging. Because all of us are doing it with every breath we take, every blink of our eyes, every single thing that we do, we are aging. Thank God, because if you're not, you are muerte, you're dead, right? So we're going to talk about the inner working of aging, shifting from your role to your soul. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I was listening to a lecture from an aging expert. Her name is Dr. Connie Zweig, and it was so fascinating. She asks a simple question, where, or excuse me, what were some of your greatest obstacles as you age at this time in history? So what are and were, what are some of your biggest obstacles? Whatever age you are right now, as you age, is it expectations? Is it stories you've heard? Is it things you read on Instagram? What do you feel are your greatest obstacles as you age at this time in history? Now, I'm a little older. <laughs> For some, a lot older. But I wish I would have thought about this at a much younger age. I really do. I would have changed many, many, many things. And my whole concept of aging. Uh, because I was so attached to my career, uh, my ego, my um, identity, my career. I mean, for sure, my career. The benchmarks, my checklist. Um, I would have changed many, many things if I would have thought of, you know, my soul as opposed to my role. You know, we suffer trauma and loss at all stages of life. It's all part of aging. And it's very different today, though. I wanted to begin my thoughts today about why aging is so different. We don't experience disease, loss, really, and dying firsthand anymore, as humans used to throughout history. I am a lover of history. Gosh, I love history. Especially, you know, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. All of the biographies I read include very vivid descriptions of their loved ones with, you know, dying of diseases, the painful, horrible experiences of death and disease and loss and suffering. Because remember, they didn't have antibiotics. Surgery was crude. They bled people. So in their ignorance, and these people suffered so much, it was unbelievable. So the reason I read and I'm pretty obsessed with biographies is I just, I'm, I'm fascinated how in a human being's helplessness, how they made sense of all this. Uh, George Washington, oh my God, he, he was amazing, not only with the losses in his own life, bless his heart, death, disease, but this guy, I mean, his mouth, his teeth, he, his teeth bled, they rotted, he had gum diseases. He had wood teeth. He had all kinds of different teeth trying to, and you can say, oh, it's just his mouth. Let me tell you something. He was not only this amazing general, leader, all of these other things, and eventually became president. Can you imagine living your whole life in that much pain when you sleep, when you wake, when you eat? But anyway, so he fascinated me. Thomas Jefferson, you know, losing his wife at such a young age and all the things that he suffered. Harriet Tubman, Tubman God, God bless her. Um, the losses, the pain, the suffering, Sojourner Truth, Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, he lost his wife and his mother within hours of each other in the same night. Um, and he didn't make it there on 
hardly at the end of time of their their lives. It was very very tragic. And then uh, his daughter Alice had been born. Uh, anyway, Clara Barton, my God, she was in the front fields of the Civil War, and the death and suffering that she saw. FDR, look at him. His wealth couldn't buy his way out of a lifetime of polio. And industrialists like Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford, the Kellogg brothers, George Westinghouse, all of these people, I read, I mean, all of the biographies of these people have deep, profound, graphic descriptions of death, disease, and the pain that it caused in their lives. And in that, it gave them, it had a profound effect on how they experienced aging, right? Because people died so young and you died of anything. So what was aging to them? You didn't live very long. So every day, every month that you lived was, I don't know how you would index it to us today, but the chances of you suffering a disease or dying were very great. So you lived every day. It was part of your mental construct to view aging as a blessing, as, as, a, as a divine providence. And it was never taken for granted. But today... All these experiences are sanitized. We send people to hospitals. Um, our loved ones die there. We have medicine, surgery, health care, where we live to old ages. So most people in industrial countries don't really think much about aging and death until they're over 60 or so. Um, I worked in hospice for many years, and it transformed my life forever because um, I see that aging is not just when the people get 60, 70, older, and die. Their attitude, their feeling about aging and themselves started when they were 15, 12, 20, when they had grandparents, when they had aunts, uncles, parents. So um, it, it starts, whatever age you are, it starts young. And there's very little literature on the shadow side of age, aging, which means the dark side. Our unconscious is what your shadow side is. The spiritual potential of aging and elderhood, getting older, non-denomination, spiritual, but it's not religious, okay? The spiritual potential of aging is amazing. This Dr. Zweig, who, again, I saw this course and uh, listened to her lecture and bought her book, uh, she got oriented to a new purpose as she found this chasm. Um, she found that there's no guidance for this transition. So late life identity crisis, which is where a lot of people I know are in now, but what about when you're 40, 50, 60, 70, those decade birthdays? Our roles fall away with each decade, right? So you're 30, you get your first job, you've done whatever. You may have been married once, been in and out of relationships. You know you're gay, you're straight, whatever you are, you know. That's 30. 40, mm. you may have gotten divorced, you may have had a bout with cancer, you may have been hit by a car, you may have had... The same job, many jobs. Do you see each decade is this huge marker of losses, wins, and you're aging. Our roles are falling away. So as you age, I hope you realize your bio, okay, your bio, your resume, your bio is not your essential identity. This is not who you are. It's not who I am. I mean... I, I, I can't say this strong enough because someone like me at my stage of life right now, whether it was me writing all the books I wrote, the goodness, I don't even want to talk about all the degrees I have. Um, 
you know, my long marriage to my husband, where we've lived, what we've done, how we've talked. That at this stage evaporates like the rain after a rainstorm and the sun comes out and it evaporates. It's really, really interesting. Um, but it was so crucial. Oh my gosh. Between my 30 to 40, 40 to 50, are you kidding? And then 50 to 60 going, I'm going to hold on to this biography forever. I've worked for it. It's mine. It's my identity. But who are you really? Who am I really? We shift from role to soul. And many of you know who Ram Dass is. He was a great spiritual writer. And he said this, who am I? He said, that is the essential spiritual question for all of us. Who am I? We must shift our identity from doing, which is that role, to our being, which is our soul. From our achievements, my resume, my bio, to our essential spiritual nature. Wow, what a magical life I've had. You know, saving animals and people and starting foundations and the magical part of my spiritual life, meditation, years of teachers and gurus, unbelievable education, classes from our achievements. Mm, I don't know. I, yeah, I had to have to get where I was. But uh, it, it's interesting um, how your identity can shift. As you increase your spiritual practices, it's really important to continually open up as you age by increasing your spiritual practices. Because if you have them or not, you can either open up, which are the happiest people I've ever seen age at 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. Or you can close down as you age. God knows those people I've known and do know. And, and the sad thing, as opposed to the Japanese and the Chinese culture and many cultures, other than ours, and, and again, I happen to be American, there's a bias against aging, a really strong bias. We live in an ageist culture. We have no rite of passage. Really, we don't. From, I mean, we do when you're young. The 16th birthday, 21st birthday, in Latin, it's quinciento. You know, things like that. But really, think about it. You go from 30 to 40. We have big parties or whatever. But there are no rites of passage. So what we do is we're internalizing the shame and the disrespect of aging. Look at the cosmetic industry, the trillion-dollar industry, because people are afraid of wrinkles. Look at what we do. It's like being on a bicycle, and we think we're going faster and faster on the bicycle with our feet in the pedals. And then we look down, and our hands are wrinkled, or we have a little belly, or you know, our chin gets you know maybe a little chin, or whatever happens to us. The chain, and we feel like the chain slipped on the bicycle. <laughs> I've been spending all this money on face creams, all kinds of things, bleaching my face, exercising, doing everything. We internalize the shame and disrespect of aging. We pick it up when we're little and young, and we carry it with us our entire life. It's very tragic. We've internalized an internal figure about old age. It's unconscious, it's our shadow, and we internalize ageism within ourselves. Was it your grandmother? Was it what you heard your parents say? Was it their disability? Did they have poverty? What, what did you witness or experience when you saw older people? We each have our inner ageism, the negative inner, inner shadow figure from our education, our culture, our family. Dr. Becca Levy is an ageism expert at Yale, 
And she says that aging has a cognitive, an emotional, and a physical impact. And she says our appearance has changed. All the messages from our youth and worshiping youth, our obsessed culture with youth, if it begins to run the show, if it, this narrative continues to control our feelings about ourselves, our thought processes, our mental health, our physical health, and our longevity is going to diminish. That's a fact. And you can find Becca Levy's work at Yale. Um, but inner, the inner age's consequences is how we feel about ourselves. How do we move from this self-rejection for every day we get older to self-acceptance or self-reverence, self-love? How do we move from devaluing people that are aging to valuing all those scars, you know, all that little wrinkled body, whatever it is? How do we shift from devaluing to valuing? I like to think of aging and older people as a living library of experience. Isn't that cool? Think about when you go into a library and you see all those books. Wow. Can you imagine what people have experienced by the time they're 40 and 50 and 60 and what life-changing events in world history and medicine, their education, what, what's happened? Many people don't have a voice, okay? So... I think it's really important for all of us to be the voice of aging. Let's talk about it. Dr. Zweig's book has tools and practices to heal the past. It's, her book is called Shifting from Role to Soul. She has tools to deal, deal with harvesting the wisdom of your life. There's a life review. There's tools for inner work for aging, no matter what your age is, for all of us. And then retirement, which is, for some of us, a very difficult transition from the inside out. Um, I know people that, you know, a lot of people that have government jobs or other things or that had, you know, very successful companies. They retire. My brother has retired four times. And each time he's, he's uh, experienced an existential crisis, terrifying him. So there are tools for using shadow work, meditation, many of them for someone who is ill, someone as you age. Let's go with the, get rid of the roles, Okay. Get rid of what your bio, your resume. Move to more of a spiritual relationship, whether it's illness, loss, suffering, and especially aging. Many people as they age left spiritual practices to raise a family and now want to return to meditation and spiritual practices. To tell you the truth, I did the exact opposite. I started to melt down when I was raising a family. I started, I, to be honest, I started to unravel. It was, I had so much anxiety parenting, how was I going to be the right mother, working, my marriage, what were my career goals? I began spiritual practices to save my life, mentally, physically, and spiritually. I started getting skinny. Um, my heart was racing all the time. I lived a life of anxiety. I was freaking out. So I started my spiritual practices because of that. But as you age, it's a fundamental need. It's a taproot to your being, mentally, physically, and spiritually, is to develop spiritual practices that you love. Dr. Jean Houston, who's a famous spiritual writer and sage, who I've had the privilege of studying with, says aging is a tipping point. It's an opportunity to drop all the old voices in your head. Okay? I, again, I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, 60. Aging is an opportunity to drop 
all those old voices, whether it's mother, father, aunts, whether it's professors, teachers, a culture you lived in, a neighbor, a country you come from, do a review of your life that has been lived, some, how you've already lived, and how you have unlived your life. Start with introspection, reflection. You have to have courage to do this and remove and move beyond your resistance, okay? We need ego to build our lives, okay? Because ego goes, okay, I'm going to get a college degree. I'm going to, did all that. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. These are my goals. This is my resume. This is my bio. These are the things I've accomplished. So we need ego to build our lives. But if the ego stays in charge, if the ego is the boss of our lives as we enter every one of these 30, 40, 50, 60 age groups, our ego of what we have done, our biography only, our resume, we miss out on connecting with the deeper part of ourself, the self that was created and born to find purpose and meaning. Identification of who we really are, our meaning and purpose, is that, is that that's the goal of our life. It's what we were born for. Now's the time to slow down and reflect. And it's time to give something back, good things. This requires intention, okay, intention, and attention, which is awareness. We must create the time and space to do this. Because we live in a really busy world, in case you haven't looked around. If we are caught between the past, focusing on the past, and thinking about the future, we're not in the present moment. So many of us live in the past. I deal with my patients and clients all the time. Our worries, our fears, our triggers, our limits. All of these are seeds planted in our past that have grown awfully big over time. Okay? They're big and they're overshadowing the present moment, which will overshadow our future. Aging is about completing spiritual unfinished business. Completing emotional unfinished business. You know, each of us have internalized concept of God, the spirit, the soul. The images of the divine really affect the core of our being. We were born into an original family, and we were given images of God or the divine through our childhood. I was raised Roman Catholic, so I had very Trinitarian, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, blah, 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 blah. And I have, since all, all of that has evaporated or dissolved with me, personally. But it was such a core and such a strong faith as Catholicism. It was in my being. And I was terrified to give it up because I thought I'd be a heathen. I'd go to hell, get struck by lightning. What could happen? But these are the kinds of things as I hit. I, it was okay till I was 20. And then I had kids and it was, oh, it was kind of okay 20 to 30. And then at 30, my children started repeating things that scared me. And then I went, wow, I really need to revisit this. And then I became a feminist and very active in women's issues and realized, oh, my God, part of the problem is everybody or many people are viewing God as male, as father. Good Lord, help us all. So, yes, I let evaporate, let go, um, became free, let the voices go of my own past. So we are at the opportunity now, today, to transform, enlighten, and even change images of the God that we think about, the God we worship, the God that lives in us. Whatever we think we are, we're more important than that. And each stage of your life has a purpose. So if you're not awake, you're going to miss the purpose of that decade of your life. The famous psychiatrist Carl Jung 
who most of you know, talks about aging. Carl Jung said the afternoon of life has a different purpose and meaning than the morning of life. If we continue to live the purpose of the morning of our lives and the afternoon of our life as we age, we do damage to our souls. We do damage to the soul if you continue to live as if you're young, as if you're driven, as if you're hurried, distracted, as if you're pressured or stressed, or as if you did when you were young or in midlife. Because the time now is to slow down. Our bodies are slowing down. They give us the opportunity to build. I love this. They give us the opportunity to build a natural monastery and turn within. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that a beautiful thought? We have the opportunity to build a natural monastery turning within as you turn within yourself. Just absorb that thought for a moment. You are creating an internal monastery. So find the place that gives you refuge, peace, where you find guidance from within. Wake up to that voice. You know, do I need more or less time alone? Is it, is, um, is it telling me to stop or to volunteer or to listen or be quiet or take up spiritual practices to change jobs? Bring the internal guidance to your outside world. Aging brings deeper consciousness to the world. Whatever your divine messenger is calling you to do, slow down, listen, navigate your inner obstacles, and energy will be renewed. It takes lots of inner work. If it's your third act, don't stop living. It's a time to slow down, but not slow up. Did you hear this? Don't slow, slow down, but don't slow up. People fear the world slowing. Why? That was one of the coolest things about the pandemic is it really forced people into nature because they couldn't be with each other all the time and hovering. So people got into nature, and guess what happened? The cadence, the rhythm of nature made us slow down. Boom, 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 boom. Cool. Introverts will naturally want to go within and expand, but extroverts will naturally want to go out and serve and give their gifts, whether it's political, social spheres, religious, whatever they do. We can build a bridge between the inner world and the outer world. We need both. I personally believe decade birthdays are incredibly powerful and life-changing. They're like earthquakes or tsunamis, okay, in your life. Just as these natural disasters, earthquakes and tsunamis, stop us in our tracks, I believe decade birthdays should stop you in your tracks. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. So what I'd like you to do is start six months before your decade birthday. Okay, six months before. Put a timer in your your calendar on your phone. Six months before, okay? And just start by knowing I'm going to examine my previous decade and my previous life because I want to prepare for the next 10 years. I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again like Groundhog Day. So remember my ACE, A period C period E, Remember the acronym? Awareness, choice, and energy. A is awareness, okay? So maybe that six months before, put a plus and minus column. Plus is everything that brings you love and happiness and purpose and meaning. And you love the color blue. You love the sunrise. You don't like sunsets. Whatever it is, plus, plus, plus. Then have a minus column on the right side. What gets you? Is it driving carpool? Is it driving into work every day? Is it your... um, 
you just can't live in the same place anymore. Make sure you review the people in your life, relationships, friends, okay, your spouse, your partner. So on this plus and minus column, work. What brings you joy, happiness at work? What doesn't? Where's the minus? Money. How are you with money? How is it? How do you feel about money? Do you believe it's glorious and money is energy and it's prosperity? Or or do you fear money and feel like you can't hold on to it or, or you're not supposed to have it? Places. Where do you live? Why do you live there? Okay. What, what do you? Uh, next thing is, what do you own? Do you own a car? Do you not own a car? Do you own a house? You don't own a house. Do you have a dog? What? And again, plus minus column. Plus, I have a dog because she brings me joy every day of my life. And my kitty brings me joy. Minus. Hmm. I own this big house and I, I'm a slave to my house, so I've got to get, you know, plus and minus. What do you own? Are you happy? Are you living a life of meaning and purpose? Plus and minus, okay? Then the C part of that ACE, AC, is choice. What can I change? Okay? What do I have to change? Remember, you have six months before your decade birthday. So what you do in that examination period, you go, okay. And then you get a red pen and you circle things that have to change. I've got to leave this marriage. I have to leave this job. This house is eating me up. I don't want to live here. It's a dangerous neighborhood. I need to move. Um, money. I have had a fearful relationship with money and that's why I never have any. I need to take some classes. I need to take some classes in real estate or I don't understand money. I don't, whatever it is, I need to take a class in parenting or my anger seems to be controlling my life. What is it? Make some choices. It has to be your choice. I have paid for too many people I've sent to rehab. Rehab clinics, some of the nicest ones in the world, including Betty Ford Center. But I did it. I forced the change on them and it never worked. So it's got to be your choice. Do you need help in some way? Do you need a counselor for your relationship challenges? Do you need a recruiter to talk about different kinds of jobs? Do I need to change my total career different? Money managers, do I need to learn about my finances? All brokerage firms have classes you can take. You can take classes online. Do you need a realtor to discuss where you'd like to live, how you'd like to live? You know, classes about everything are available now. My God, there's so many online schools. The treasures of aging are incredible. But we may miss many or most of them without a map. There are lots of books and materials and classes out there. Connie's Zweig's is just one of them. But please, please start today. This next breath you take, you're aging every moment. What a divine blessing that is, as opposed to some of my cancer patients that didn't make it past three years old, that didn't make it past 30, that didn't make it past 40, that lost children. So whatever your situation is, you're blessed. You're blessed right now, and your life is a journey. So just remember, shift your role if you can, and begin today shifting your role from role soul. Just remember, before we go, we have a great newsletter. Please sign up for it. Go to the Mindful Living Network, mindfullivingnetwork.com, or you can go to our, O-U-R-M-L-N.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's fabulous. Uh, Contact me. Go to the contact, click, and say, hey, uh, I want to show on this, or this is what you need to know, or I think the company, I think Mindful Living Network needs to go in this direction, please. And remember, the Mindful Living Network is committed to entertaining, educating, enlightening our world. 
It's our world. Let's hold our hearts and hands together and heal ourselves and each other. Please share us, the Mindful Living Network, with your family and friends and community. Let's do this together. Please. We have a beautiful meditation room. Just go to the uh, Mindful Living Network, click on our meditation room. You can go to YouTube to the meditation room. You can uh, go to the App Store, download the Mindful Living Network app. I love it. Um, we've got stress tips. We've got the tip of the day. We've got the inspirational saying. And then follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We are here for you. And again, thank you for joining me and thank you for the privilege of your time today. And I wish you the best in shifting from your role to your soul. <laughs>